Welcome. Welcome to Environmental Podcast. I'm Courtney. Hi, Mob. Yeah. This is our podcast where we talk about and investigate things around sustainability. And every month we choose a topic and then we dive really deep into it and offer solutions for consumers and for brands. And this week we're, this month we're talking about packaging. Mm -hmm. And uh, this week in particular, we're talking about a book that we read or listened to on Audible. Yes. And um, yeah, we've always done these book reviews, but since we've made some changes to our podcast in general with environmental, um, we're making the book focused on the different aspect of sustainability that we're that we're looking into. So this month we read The Future of Packaging by Tom Zaki. Tom Zaki is the CEO of TerraCycle. Um, dope, dope, dope company. Just overall, yeah, TerraCycle is a leader in the recycling industry. Um, probably the, I feel like they're like our hope for the, <laughs> the future. Um, TerraCycle is huge. They, they partner with some of the biggest corporations in the world to mm-hmm. help offer more sustainable solutions. Um, and we just, just before recording this, learned about a really, really dope uh, program that they recently launched. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Whoa. Yo, whoa. Um, before we jump into talking about the future of packaging, I want to say that if you like these and you want like notifications for when our podcasts post, because you want to follow along with an entire topic or just learn about different aspects of environmental sustainability um, and other aspects of sustainability, you should subscribe to, especially if you're watching on YouTube, that's really, really helpful. And we can, you know, see and uh, make more podcasts like this. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely want to put stuff out there that you guys enjoy. So um, yeah. Leave us feedback, comments, subscribe, like the video. That it's all really, really helpful. We definitely um, put a lot of emphasis in into kind of doing a lot of research and, and trying to put together some really interesting information for consumers and for brand owners. And we hope that it's yeah. uh, resonating with you. So let yeah. us know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, right on. So yes. Okay. This book was so I guess before so last month we dove into just recycling in general and we sort of learned more about that that process yeah the the industry the limitations um you know more about their strengths and um that information kind of like I think coming into this month with that background was super, super helpful because these two conversations about, yeah, about recycling in general, and then about packaging and packaging waste are like thoroughly tied. They cannot be untied. (laughs) 
Um, so that was, that was helpful background information. So like, if you are interested in learning about packaging, packaging waste, packaging solutions, um, check out our podcast with Marissa Segundo, um, where she talks about the recycling industry. We interview her um, about her experience in the industry. I think it would be really helpful kind of resource. And then also our, the, the following podcast, which I think is episode eight, um, is where we give like actual brand solutions for you. Um, so that one's really useful kind of background information as well. If this is something that you are trying to incorporate into your brand. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good call out because I think I would have had a difficult time understanding all of these issues and a lot of the terminology used in this book. Um, if I had it, if we hadn't started with recycling. Yeah. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of lingo. I mean, and so much lingo, lots and, of jargon. Yeah. And I think understanding the intricacies of the, the challenges in the re- recycling industry in general, make yeah. it easier for you to come up with, uh, better solutions because you that that's what we're working within we're working within the frame of <laughs> the recycling industries that we have <laughs> um so right and i think like just starting with this book it would have been easy to fall in to fall prey to something that we talked about a few weeks ago where it's like being frustrated uh, and being like talking shit about the recycling industry because because they're just not there yet Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that's a massive infrastructure that takes millions, if not billions of dollars to make changes to, and it doesn't get the, the funding or the attention that it really needs. And I think starting there and saying, okay, what's available? What are the issues that, that are being worked on in this industry right now was a really good way to start with having it on our mind was a good way to start with like like okay what's the issue with packaging mm-hmm. so that was helpful for me to not be like well fuck the recycling industry you know like I, I think I was able it was easier to say like how can we help that industry to meet the standards that we actually really need yeah right I mean we're we're as a, as, as a consumer or as a brand owner, no matter, no matter who you are, as just an individual, you are interacting with the recycling industry and knowledge of what they can and can't accept is, is really sort of like a base level of like, um, of knowledge that, that you should work to attain. Um, it seems like a, it's, that seems like a difficult thing. I know for me, it, it kind of feels like it, but it really takes like 10 minutes to know what you can recycle at your, like at your, from your house or mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a big challenge, but it only takes like me spend, put aside a half an hour to like do that research and you will feel a billion times better. We'll actually put aside an hour and go listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no yeah there there are definitely um there are always there are solutions out there but I think that it's I want to say that like 
something I learned from this book was that it's great when brands try to make an innovative solution for their packaging to try to be more sustainable. That's great. Like that's a phenomenal effort, but sometimes that can actually be moving too fast and the recycling industry isn't there yet. Right. So I think that that is where that's, that's where, that's where frustration is really like on that side, like, cause you're like, well, why isn't this, you know, perfectly recyclable or something like I've right. they, they worked so hard to try to make this completely compostable. Um, right. But if the systems aren't there yet in order to collect and properly like sort that out. And if there isn't an end market where they can actually sell that recyclable material, it's not a solution. It's actually just part of the problem yeah it like creates more of a problem so actually what would be better than developing a whole new type of packaging is to work with your local MRFs or or like or a company like TerraCycle to learn what can be done what steps you can take and maybe try to figure out like new innovations or like putting time and attention and energy into creating innovation so that you can create a packaging that is more sustainable in the long run Right, right. And I think that um, this book did a really good job of really focusing on like how to make things circular. Yeah. Which will, will continue to, to hear that. And that will be probably a common theme amongst many of these episodes of environmental (laughs) because, because that's that's the overall goal, right? Is like, sustainability is circular it has right to be. it has to be the earth is a closed loop system right <laughs> like yeah i mean that's yeah we it has to be circular <laughs> i'm sorry it was just really cute it is oh, a closed loop system bro it's not going anywhere except here and we got to deal with it right. so that was just awesome well I I mean it's interesting to have like that was one of the last things in sort of the last chapters was like keep in mind that like there is no gone away like like this the earth is a closed loop system and we have to think about our own production and consumption in that same way end of story like right we have to Right. Yeah. So that was, um, I think just a kind of a nice way to like tie it all up, you know? Um, but yeah. Something I learned that I didn't necessarily learn it, but something that like opened my eyes, just like a statement with this and is that 99% of the stuff that we have get or buy or whatever, like consume is waste within a year. And an extreme amount of what we purchase is packaging, just packaging. And it's like, I'm thinking about, well, right now I'm thinking about tea bags actually, because right before this I made tea. Mm -hmm. And um, like, 
you buy a tea bag, a box of tea bags, you have a box, and then you have paper inside it. And then inside that, you have a little bag that has a tag on it that is also, all of that is packaging for like leaves, tea leaves. And like, that's so, that's so, so much volume. Yeah. And you think, and when you start to like extrapolate that out and think about how much of your shit is, or like I opened some Christmas gifts this year, my my parents sent me a package from the States in November and it just got to us in January. Um, and uh, so much of it is just packaging. Right. And like that, no matter how, no matter what you choose in terms of like your, your, yeah, I wouldn't say ingredients, but like what you, what your packaging is made out of, like it's still, it's still, it's still, it still poses a problem. It's still bulk there. So actually cutting down on the amount of packaging you're using is another vital piece of that to make it smaller, to make it thinner mm-hmm. um, while keeping it recyclable. <laughs> yeah. And just to play off that, I mean, specifically tea bags, like, okay, let's think of how many materials that is, right? Yeah. Like the box is made of cardboard for yeah. the most part, we would Hopefully. assume. Yeah. Okay, that's probably that's pretty easily recycled. The bag itself, some would probably think that that's compostable because like it's maybe fibrous material that it's maybe a papery material, but like oftentimes they're lined with plastic. Yep. Or and uh, the 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 bag that you open to get your tea bag out is probably maybe like yeah plastic, plastic. lined or aluminum yeah. aluminum lined but it's probably a mixed material. Right, which you can't which recycle. Is not recyclable, exactly. Then the tea bag itself has that little string, has that tag, has a staple. Right. Again, where that's like many different types of materials. Right. And I think that that was the most interesting thing in this book was really opening my, it opened my eyes to thinking about the number of different materials things are using with their packaging. Right. Um, That was really interesting. Yeah. Cause I never really thought about it. I mean, like, yeah, when you, it really takes like (laughs) conscious effort to be like, what is like this made out of, you know, (laughs) like what's inside here? I mean, this is, I'm sure this can't be recycled. This is just, I don't even know where this came from. I never buy a Sharpie. I don't know where this came from, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it's like a new way of thinking though, really is, is kind of. Right. We're like, but that's important to think that way when you are a brand owner and when you're designing right. the packaging for your products. Right. Um, it's like, I have this, this stuff is some, material this is probably a recyclable like this piece maybe but it's quite small so it might very small just fall through the sorting yeah true um but then there's like a a metal spring inside Mm -hmm. here and like this isn't i can't you never able to use a whole rubber eraser and, and this is trash yeah 
can't be composted. So yeah. Right. And ultimately it's up to brands when they are designing their packaging to think about it from this frame of mind. Yeah. Um, Cause you as the brand owner are the one that has the ability to make changes. Yep. Consumers have to deal with what you're giving them <laughs> yeah. and they can, you know, consumers do the best that they can, but it's sort through their options, but yeah, it's right. We're working within the recycling system itself, which, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a few things that are, more highly recyclable than uh, anything else, which would be like paper, aluminum, and glass. Yep. Plastic is also pretty fucking recyclable if you if you choose the right type of plastic and you mm-hmm. keep it clear or white. Like that. Let's highlight that. <laughs> Didn't I, know that. I was super into that. I'm like, is plastic really I mean plastic is a really big problem but could it be less of a problem like how to focus on that like there are some things as a as even as a sustainable brand owner that are that are you're gonna have to package in plastic or you're gonna have to like choose like um a really good example with a brand we worked with was like um pop top was like pop tops or um, they had glass bottles, but their tops. Oh yeah, plastic. Like pumps or um, yeah. Or um, if you have a shower product, like putting those in plastic is a lot safer than putting them in glass and or aluminum, which isn't really great to have in a shower. Mm-hmm. So it's slippery. So like, what do you choose in there when it comes to that? And it's like clear plastic that is very easily recyclable is the way to go there which I didn't know about I and I think that is like super important information yeah 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 I think that um understanding what is desirable for the recycling um center is like step number one, because that's like, and, and that the information about the different colored plastic being, being more or less desirable is something that's not widely known no. at all. Yeah. If you want to know more about like desirable stuff, this book is, is your go-to. Like seriously, if you're into packaging and you're like thinking about just, if you're thinking about designing packaging for your brand, I think I would recommend this book. Totally, totally. You absolutely should as a prerequisite before rebranding or repackaging your products is to listen to this book. Yeah. It's like six hours of your time. You're going to spend longer than that building your packaging easy. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, I think that's a it's a very very good book for people who are about to make those changes or interested in making those changes to have more sustainable uh, packaging. Because yeah, they give some really solid recommendations, but it also kind of opens your eyes up to, you know, to the to the to working within the limitations of the current recycling industry, which is just that like 
they're a business, you know, they, they are providing a service of recycling materials, Mm -hmm. but they sell that recycled materials to the, to industry, to, to brand owners. Right. So like, you know, these are some of the, like some of the suggestions that we had mentioned two podcasts ago, um, we still stand behind because it's still like you as a brand owner should be looking to source materials that have been recycled. Yeah. So it's like post-consumer waste. Yeah. That closes the loop because you're then demanding recycled materials so that they have an incentive to, to recycle those materials. (laughs) And like, yeah, if no one was interested in buying post-consumer waste, a hell of a lot more stuff would end up in the landfill. Right. Also, when you, yeah, one of the big problems there is can, just because something is recycled doesn't make it recyclable. So, yes. so looking into that, looking into that as um, in terms of your infrastructure, like uh, in, in terms of the infrastructure that you're working with, with your MRF, like the, your, um, recycling facility Mm -hmm. make sure that when you are getting recycled material for your packaging that is you can you can also recycle it again or it can be recycled again or they're very clear about the end stages of that of the what you're buying yeah that's what gets tricky about plastic recycling and using recycled plastic yeah i don't know there's there doesn't seem to be a cut and dry rule about that uh -uh. And that's problematic. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's why a lot of the plastic that we try to recycle ends up not being able to get recycled because it's like, it's colored, right? It's different, different colors. It's different thicknesses. When it's melted down and all put together, it, it can get brittle. Yep. And it's also an, probably a non-desirable color because brands often want to have like their color right. plastic. Gray. I have some, mm-hmm. I have like a bird feeder. I should bring it in here for one of these. It's really, really cool. It's a bird feeder um, that you put little suet balls into and it's made out of complete like recycled plastic. Mm. And um, it's gray. Hmm. Like it's just, and it's like, it is kind of, it feels a little weird yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of the only things I found that's like 100%. That was, it was a gift. It was a, it's 100% recycled plastic and it's like built to last for a really long time because it's a bird feeder and it's, I think it's really beautiful, but I can totally imagine that packaging for a product, it wouldn't be very pretty in. So this right. is one of those, like, this is one of those recycled materials that is undesirable and otherwise would definitely go to a landfill, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so there just, I mean, there isn't a perfect solution for how to make recycled plastic recyclable. Like it, it doesn't, the quality of the plastic does not stay throughout the recycling process like it would for aluminum or glass like those um those are a lot better at kind of 
but even then retaining their strength even, at least yeah, yeah but even glass like you can't mix colors mm -hmm. so that's kind of the same this the infrastructure is just a lot farther along in terms of like knowing what to recycle and what not to recycle mm -hmm. or how they spread it out or i'm not i don't actually know yeah i mean it's similar to plastic though where it's like um colored glass you can't take out pigment from right. glass once it's been once it's been right made a certain color it is that and so there really isn't yeah um it, it definitely becomes a bit more challenging once mm -hmm. it's been recycled um to sell that back but um there's an infrastructure for it so it's simpler you know like yeah they said oh yeah we have like all my beer is dark brown you know or there's green glass and you mm -hmm. just recycle them together and then it's recycled back into green green glass yeah but it's not the same with plastic because not only do you have the different colors you have different types of plastic and different like polymer blends or resin blends or whatever and that shit just doesn't stay as nice or, or hold mm -hmm. together as well so yeah, I yeah. That to be to be as a consumer looking out for that is interesting but as a like a brand owner you should be cho actively choosing packaging that can be recycled again totally yeah totally which, which means that you might have to compromise on making something that's ultra branded or, or like your brand colors. Um. Sort of, because you could also cover like um, a, one, I think, I, don't, I wish I had an example of a brand that does this, but I don't, is if you have a product that you do want to um, put into a plastic bottle, is getting a paper a thin paper coating that can go over top of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. This is especially effective if like you have an herbal product that should be kept in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, you know, covering the bottle with with a perforated label that can be, I mean, that's gonna cost a little extra, but you're also gonna save on like the printed plastic. Mm -hmm. Just kind of being, yeah, kind of being like thinking about, okay, my consumer, is somebody that cares a lot about the sustainability of this product. So giving them a label they can remove very easily with, with a package that they can like rinse out and, and recycle, it should, is part of my brand values. That's something, you know, we're not asking for perfection, but you can work towards, you know. Yeah. It's an investment, but it is something that you really, once, you're investing in that, like that becomes something that is a differentiator from you, from any of your competitors. So like it's in your marketing, Don't absolutely all this information in your marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it's certainly. Speaking not, of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Something that I find really interesting and that you said last week, the true cost of packaging. Yeah. And something I found really interesting in this book was they talked about EPR laws. I didn't write down what that stood for, but it was something like environmental protection or packaging regulations or something like that. Probably. Okay. Um, 
that they're really effective. It's like um, the cost is related to packaging and it moves towards the true cost of, of packaging. Mm. And the, what caught my mind was that you said that last week and we like went back and forth about it a little bit and then I immediately heard it in this book and I was like, mm. oh, interesting. Hmm. Essentially a law, like a government regulation that um, t- says that it doesn't necessarily uh, punish brands for choosing non-recyclable, but it like gives rewards for choosing recyclable material or hmm. choosing environmentally friendlier materials. Like, and it kind of has been shown, I think in Germany in particular, they talked about to be really effective in, in migrating whole brands off of like packaging that isn't super great, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. So it's legislation for that. It's at the, yeah. So it's at the kind of at the brand production of the thing level, right? That's where the, that, yeah. Yeah, man. I think that there should absolutely be more regulations on what types of plastic we can accept like that, that should exist. (laughs) Like, I I think it gets fuzzy because of, you know, we live in a global economy, there is trade and things that we cannot regulate because they're outside of our country. Um, Sometimes like when we make those types of regulations, it makes me a little afraid of like, are we putting a cap on innovation? Because you have to like innovation often comes with like, you fuck up a bunch of stuff before you find like the, the real solution, like bioplastics is a really good example. But like, yeah, the, so there's a level of regulating what can and can't. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if regulation would necessarily negatively affect innovation though. It feels to me like, like, well, like censorship negatively affects like artistic expression, for instance, like there are uh, humans in the world that spend their whole lives building this type of technology. And then if they're like, I can't, I can't use this polymer anymore because mm-hmm. X thing happened because mm-hmm. this law was passed. And so now this type of packaging can't be in, in like the UK or which is a really tactile expect. Um, example right now yeah um then everything has to be rethought for a brand you know like that's kind of what I'm thinking in terms of um, right regulation because yeah what if somebody had developed a type of polymer that could be broken down by I don't know light or natural materials that then left over like very recyclable packaging, but they couldn't use it because it was regulated. Hmm. That's why EPR laws are effective because they don't they don't remove things from they don't like make laws like that, but mm-hmm. they they um, kind of make it so that 
recyclable material and recycled material is just more like financially viable. Interesting. Like rather than removing, kind of like adding. Yeah. Maybe hmm. giving subsidies to recycled materials production or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that was definitely something that was also mentioned, I think, in in regards to the recycling industry in general, like how negative consequences for not recycling has never really worked. Yeah. How only it's, it's only ever been positive reinforcement or, or, um, um, positive incentives were the only thing that ever actually contributed to like, Which is, I guess, just human nature. We don't like being told no to things, but if we see that we could, you know, save down, like, you know, get some money back or something for making this choice, yeah, be it in the form of like a, you know, actual recycling rebate as a consumer or yeah. um, something through. Yeah. Yeah. Negative yeah, punishment sort of isn't the most effective, like, psychology for us. Yeah sure isn't sure isn't <laughs> but but they they touched on that in this book definitely where they were like they mentioned that brands should be working to set an example and and to be inspiring and to to inspire your consumers to appropriately dispose of their packaging and their materials which is something that we had mentioned as like our suggestion a few weeks ago, which is so rad that that was like solidified that like, yeah, it should be something that you should accurate, like actively communicate with your audience, like how to recycle the materials, right? Like you were saying, maybe a label should be really easy to remove so that that separate material can be, that's awesome. Um, Or there were even some, there was a cool example where it was like, this toy came in a box and on the inside of the box, they gave instructions for how to like fold it so that the box itself kind of became part of the toy. It was something like a, came like a, it was like a boat with like a little, it must've been like an action figure or something. I don't really know, but it was so much fun. I'm like, that's so rad. And of course, then it was like, you know, saying how to recycle it and all of that. But first it kind of like, allowed for you to utilize the packaging in part of like the experience of the the thing which is really cool um I'm down for that I like that get more than one use out of out of the thing so it's not just for yeah yeah. um right that like just making it easier on your consumer it's ultimately up to to the brand and the brand owners and you have to lead by example and just continuously communicate about it like yeah. a broken record might might seem like it but you know when what we found is that when a brand gets to a point where they feel like like they're a broken record like it's frustrating for a business owner but it's also really exciting for us because yeah. we're like you hit your stride. You found your values. You're in like, like a niche, man. You're in yeah. it. You did the niche. That you're like there. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that's right. 
your job is to make content now around the stuff you care about. And business yep. owners are like, but I'm, oh, I'm always saying the same thing. You know, I want to, yeah. It's true. Yeah. But that's what we work towards with, with building brands is like sharing the same message and sharing the, va- the same values all forever. That's like what you, that's what you do. You know, that's how, yeah, that's how you educate people, right? Can you imagine how tiring it is for a first grader, a first grade teacher to have to (laughs) explain math every year? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, it's the same, you know, (laughs) you're working, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yes, you have to continuously, you, you can't think that you just say something once and it's one and done. Your audience is ever growing. It is always rotating in and out they're also seeing millions of other pieces of content and for you to be that brand that continues to show up with a solid message um that's focused on sustainability and focused on your products and how they like interact with this circular economy like you're doing it you're doing it that's that's what you want to get to that's the goal yeah 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 Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> I, it's probably, it. I mean, I, I can't even imagine being a teacher, but like, it's we should the same to a feeling, right? When you have to continuously educate people, you kind of have to say the yeah, same thing even a bunch teachers, of times, different you ways. Still, you hit a stride where it's like, and all of a sudden things click yeah, and your audience will start to come to you because of the thing that you're doing or they've searched you out because of the way that you're building sustainably Mm -hmm. and then like you can back off from like constantly explaining it into like just reminding people that it's part of your mission rather than being like "Ah!" (laughs) you know it just becomes it just becomes part of your habit and part like that feels really good and I think it's probably the same for a teacher. I'm just assuming yeah. like at some point their first grade class like mostly gets math. They'll get it. They'll get yeah, they'll yeah. get it and then they're ready for the next thing, you know? Um and it all it starts all the way over again. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's honest, it's the exact same thing when when you're a brand owner and you have and you're working towards kind of doing something innovative that does require um a level of education, right? Like we, not everyone comes to the table with the same amount of information. And so it's positioning your brand as someone who supports and educates and, and walks through this process of learning alongside your audience um, is a really, really unique position to be in. And it's a really incredible position to be in because that person will create such an intense connection with you as the brand to show that much transparency, openness, honesty, human, humanity. Um, It's how you build loyalty into your brand. Yeah. Loyalty is really important. Oh, what do you have going on for me? Really? Hmm? I got a notification. I know. I know. That's (laughs) what do you got going on? I should. I should probably close my calendar when we do these uh, bed kisses. But hey, man, we're operating 
a marketing agency. So things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're launching a new brand. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> new side business. Yeah. Um, offshoot so cool. of our. Drug. I'm thinking of it as like an arm of our dandelion. Yeah. It kind of is quickly taking on its own thing, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are a sustainable brand owner, hit us up. You should hit us up. Yes. Send us a message. Connect with us on Instagram, um, dandelion underscore branding. Um, we're working on a, a really dope directory. Yeah. And we think will be a really, in, really, really cool resource, not only for consumers, but also for brand owners. Yeah. To be able to connect with each other. I'm yeah. so excited for that community. I think it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. And be awesome. And it's going to make brands a lot of money. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I, something I actually, within the notes I wrote from this book, um, I wrote down, it's all about community peers and sharing. <laughs> because there was a, there, yeah, there was a, a, a portion of this book where it was talking about kind of, I think it was in reference to like the milkman and back in the day there used to be more um it was just kind of ingrained in our society to have these these uh, kind of reusable things we didn't really think of them as reusable we just that was just the way that it was right it was um, just built like you're you'd have your thing out and the milkman would come and he would get your old yeah you did the old cartons and or the glass bottles and then mm-hmm. he'd give you new ones that he had washed and refilled like totally and like those are the types of solutions that are going to be that are going to have a resurgence i think like yeah. within our lifetime they already are um yeah i was like can we talk about lube right <laughs> so, so <laughs> such a good start to close so yeah just to kind of close out this um book i'm like super pro recommending it and you yeah I think it was um I mean obviously you'd have to be somebody who is has some stake in the game is interested in trying to learn more about packaging in general so it's probably something that maybe has to do with your career or your ideal you know career um but yes absolutely if you're a brand owner if you are a packaging designer if you are really kind of anywhere in the production line of um, working with manufacturing some sort of product, it would be a a really valuable read. Yeah, or you're just like a book nerd or you like to learn a lot of stuff or you're just into sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, really when we're thinking of packaging and packaging waste ultimately we have to think back on like our our consumption habits and what are we purchasing um do we need to purchase the the way that we had been for many years prior and the answer is no that there, there are innovative solutions out there um that um 
are kind of like a, a nod to the old days a little bit. Yeah. Like the milkman style, um, which is what we wanted to kind of mention. So when, when, when we're, we went up uh, TerraCycle, highly recommend t- checking out, just kind of yeah. being aware of who they are. They're rad. Super awesome. Going to change the world. Uh, yeah. It's T-E-R-R-A. Uh, C-Y-C-L-E, TerraCycle.com. They're awesome. We we literally just went to their website prior to recording this and saw that they launched a zero waste milkman style e-com household product business. Yes. Called Loop. Loop. Yeah, their whole, their whole focus is kind of like anything can be recycled if you put enough money and attention behind it. And Loop, I think, like TerraCycle is, and I think Loop does such a good job of, of bringing that forward and making it really clear. Like some of the people are like Clorox and Crest that are on this list, and you're like, can my oh Colgate is who I talked to on Twitter. I was giving Colgate shit for <laughs> greenwashing, and they're like, actually, we work with TerraCycle, and I was like, but that's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, they. It's like, can I recycle this stuff? And it's like, TerraCycle can, and not only can they recycle it, they'll help these brands make new packaging that you can have delivered and then send back to them to be clean. Right. Yeah. So that's what loop is. It is a like you purchase the goods and you also have a deposit on that packaging. When you are done with whatever it is that's inside that packaging, you return it. You at that point probably get that rebate on whatever that packaging is, unless you are kind of refilling it and reordering that same thing, same thing. So, but yeah, it's delivered to your door. It's like kind of uh, mind blowing how cool this is. A lot of stuff is in um, aluminum or uh, honestly, probably almost all of it's aluminum, some things in glass. Yeah. But it's just, it's a, it's a zero waste solution mm-hmm. for getting home kind of kitchen, um, like bulk food, bulk herbs, um, oils, vinegars. It's honestly incredible. I'm really like, Dope. I'm ready to order this right now. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this is, and this sort of stuff is the future. I mean, TerraCycle is massive, so they have the infrastructure for being able to mm-hmm. take back the packaging and clean it and sanitize it in a way that it is reusable. I know that that is a really challenging thing for brands. It yeah. could, you know, that's a it's an awesome concept, but as an individual brand, that is incredibly hard to do. Right. But by partnering yeah. with TerraCycle they'll help you do it right like they help you to develop that type of packaging and they have the infrastructure for actually cleaning and sanitizing it like that's um that's huge that's i don't know of an alternative i don't know of a like a system that is as not like that 
as this. Yeah, I think that this is gonna, I'm just gonna call it like, I think we, I think it, can we invest in loop store? Yeah, like, <laughs> get it on the ground level, like get it right now. Cause it, this is gonna blow up. And um, it's so cool to just see that like, there are different, there are, there are other options that are not hugely cost prohibitive. Right. Um, yeah, you just have to look for them. Yeah, loopstore.com. Um, Non-spawn, but spawn us, please. <laughs> word, hello. Wow. Um, yeah. We found this website and, and just, we independently scrolled in silence with being like, <laughs> jaw dropped literally like um yeah I mean this 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 is the future it has to be we cannot rely on plastic any longer it's it's just (gasps) hi maven making an appearance once again (laughs) chief marketing officer yes um yeah, there. I mean, there are there are solutions out there, and um, there's lots of solutions. We just have to like collectively make the investment into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's and it means getting in touch with your local recycling facilities, seeing what materials are easiest for them to recycle, investing in choosing those for your packaging, um, working towards single materials, mono materials is the word they were using. Um, So that means like, you know, none of that plastic lined paper or anything like that. Like just stop doing that. It's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't even, I get so now that we've like gone through this and like started to learn about it, I get so frustrated when like I go, I go out of my way again with the tea. I go out of my way to buy loose leaf tea to use in these. Mm-hmm. It's not convenient. Like, and that, which is fine. But I get the loose leaf tea and they come in these nice bags and they're paper bags and I get them open and there's fucking, they're lined in plastic. And you don't know that until you open the bag and it's like, wait, that was, that was unnecessary, friend. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we got to let go of our reliance on plastic. Um, that, we don't need yeah. it. We don't need yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a different situation in the coming future than it has been over the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't like, this isn't like it's, this has been the way it, forever, you know, the, like our reliance on plastic started in like 70s, 80s, you know, where like, maybe like the 50s, they were like, it was a thing. It started. Yeah, it for started, sure. It was like a, th- it was like a wartime like it was used in to create war stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but then, also with like the in the surge of availability of credit. Hmm. Uh, which happened in the in the 70s, 80s, yeah. companies had no incentive to create something that you kept for a long time. 
their only incentive was disposable, make you buy some it over and over again. Planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. The last book we read. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And actually, they talked about that in this book, but sh- but in but last month when we read the book uh, Reduce, Reuse, Reimagine, um, Beth Porter talked about uh, about planned obsolescence in detail, and it comes right back to it. This like linear economy and planned obsolescence and. Yep. like not reusing anything ever and it's bullshit we should stop doing that it's yeah absolutely yeah and 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 it's not like we're reinventing the wheel this was done we we are a bigger society than we were back then but um but we can absolutely take inspiration from systems of the past totally. to uh to make a more sustainable future yeah, yeah. totally loopshop.com loop store oh loopstore.com loop shop is cute but loopstore.com is um yeah is a solution that TerraCycle has created for a waste free shopping experience um mainly for whole like groceries and personal care stuff right now though yeah so excited to see what else they launch though so I know it's gonna um, be dope yeah man it's um so that was yeah it was a it was a really cool book um next week we are actually having a guest Um, yes yes we're gonna be joined by Greg Barber um who works for eco-friendly printer He's been dedicated to sustainable paper manufacturing and dyes and print materials for like 30 years, if not more. Um, And talk to him. Yeah. So I think that'll be really interesting insight because often we hear that like, you know, uh, cardboard and paper packaging is one of the top sustainable solutions. And I want to know more about that. Yep. I, I don't it, want, I'm, I'm learning really qu- quickly with environmental that a lot of the assumptions that I have are, are bullshit assumptions. Like that, yeah. that like, uh, I think wish cycling is a really good term to use. It's like, well, this is basically plastic that doesn't work. Okay. Mm. But this is basically paper. I want to ask him about print paper, like magazines. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, like super uh, glossy papers super yeah glossy stuff like what do we do with that is that actually recyclable mm-hmm. you know like ads and stuff that you still get in the newspaper like newspaper sure but that glossy stuff is that coated with plastic I think some of it is mm-hmm. so yeah I'm very curious about that kind of stuff yeah and he's just a really I think just uh, gonna be a great resource for again for brand owners if you want to source um, recycled paper for your own business. If you're having, using any print materials, um, and eco-friendly dyes and things like that. Like, I I don't, I don't know what are the negative consequences of of dyes in general for paper and stuff like that. Like does, I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah. Apply for like the fashion industry dyes that we talked about two months ago Mm -hmm. yeah so 
stay tuned for that next week. Yay. If you want to get notified of that coming, please subscribe because you'll get a boop about it. That is true. Um, Yeah. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing to our channel because we would really appreciate it. We appreciate your support. Thanks for joining us on this journey and the larger journey of environmental podcast. And we'll see you next time. Yep. All right. Bye, everybody.